You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies, the Snyder Cut. It's going to be dark. It's going to be operatic. It's going to be... Flashy. Flashy, yeah. Homeric. And it's going to be Homeric, impetuous. (laughs) Homeric. It's going to be, to quote a movie that has nothing to do with... Anything. Anything. I would love to see the Snyder cut of The Quiet Quiet Man, Man, though. That would be awesome. The Quiet Man. The Quiet Man just has the line, impetuous, Homeric. Watch uh, John Wayne. Old old Irish man at a bar drinking during a fight. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But if we could see each drop glistening. It's it's epic in its own way. It's actually when he sees the bed that was broken. Oh, oh, right. It's kind of a dirty joke. But anyway, I knew there was a reason that line stuck. I knew there was more, (laughs) more to that line sticking. Yeah. In my mind, he comes to John Wayne and Marie and O'Hara's house the night after their wedding. And the bed is broken for whatever slapstick reason from the movie. And he sees the broken bed and he says, impetuous Homeric. That's quite funny in its way. Now, speaking of quite funny, I'll tell you what's quite funny is the, the cleft in Zack Snyder's, Chen, I don't know. I'm trying to do a transition here, folks. You know what? <laughs> Chapter one. Don't. That's how you do a transition. When you don't actually have a good transition <laughs> that's written. <laughs> you just do a title card. You just do a title, title card. Title card change. <laughs> Chapter one. Don't count on it, Solzer. Don't count on it, Ben. I'm, I'm not. No, I think you should count on it. Count oh, on it. The fact okay. that we're going to talk about Justice League, the Snyder All cut. Right. We're here. And my name is Nathan. I'm your humble and obedient host. Or maybe I'm the godlike figure that dominates all of podcast movie criticism with my randian superiority that could be possible too all right i like it and we've got ben he likes to eat hot dogs in slow motion (laughs) yes i do (laughs) oh man i just run really fast and push people (laughs) and i really need friends It is true. It's kind of sad to see Ben run fast, push people. Are you also slightly gay-coded? <laughs> Maybe, but I have an awesome dad. <laughs> and it's clear I like women. <laughs> hey, well, uh, Ben, why don't you introduce the third gentleman and tell us what his attri- dark attribute is. <laughs> I run around in my underwear. I fight the Nazis. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's a pretty sight, folks. <laughs> Uh, but those nazis have been thoroughly fought yes indeed their blood is staining (laughs) the floors the the walls of the bank well actually our our third our third uh interlocutor here is not even human anymore entirely he's been rebuilt Mm -hmm. and Mm. uh it's kind of a kind of a cyborg kind of creature yep that's only the tip of the tip though of the iceberg. Right. Of what you can Is do, it? Jake. If you yeah. set your mind to it. Yeah, that's right. If you, you can control <laughs> okay. all the world's finances or, or whatever it is that he can do. All, uh, kinds, of, all kinds of cool anything. stuff. Anything. Just plug into the internet and I'm Ultron. Can we agree? Cybertron. Not Cybertron. Cyborg. What's his name? Cyborg. Cy- Cybertron's arc in this, probably the most improved by oh, yeah. the Snyder Cut. But he hadn't. I liked well, Cyborg. He was a big empty zero in the Yeah. Wing. Maybe I, instead of improved, I should say probably the most added. <laughs> existent. <laughs> Well, guys, let's talk about the Snyder Cut. I guess we should give a little history. So uh, uh, not not uh, people probably know the history, but we should give our personal history. Uh, ben, what is your relationship to the films of Zachary Edward Snyder and to the DC universe? And we've talked to so much Marvel on this podcast and in the 
larger Warren, but we don't talk DC very much. So no, we don't. What is your relationship even to the DC canon in general? Yeah, you're asking all kinds of big questions. Yes, Nathan. that's right. Just like <laughs> Zack Snyder, they deserve big answers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Just like the Snyder no. cut sized answers. We don't want truncated answers with cheap Whedon-esque witticisms inserted in between. Man. We want the dark, serious, long <laughs> answers. Man. And actually, what I'm going to have is some Icelandic maidens to sing to you, Ben. <laughs> sing to your glory. To sing, sing behind you. And smell it. your sweater. As I as, as, as I jump into the ocean after giving this speech about <laughs> my relationship to DC. Oh, man. When those Icelandic maidens sang <laughs> to Aquaman, and then the one of them, the, the, the cute smell, one in the front, smelled smell his, his sweater. sweater that's when I knew I was watching a masterpiece of cinema. I and see it only works one direction, right? Barry saves Wonder Woman, falls mm-hmm. awkwardly onto her. Whedon does that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Nope, it doesn't. But if you smell Aquaman's sweater, that works. Yep. And I think that's the pull quote from the uh, episode. If you smell Aquaman's sweater, it works. I, I think they should put that on the poster. <laughs> Jake Menzel, Sanity at the Movies. If you smell Aquaman's water, it just works. All right, Ben, your big, bold answers to the questions. Well, my first comment actually is not an answer. It's just a comment that you have to give Aquaman lots of cool stuff like that and lots of cool brooding slow motion water shots. Because there's nothing to him. Because, because if, you, if you don't, you're going you're gonna to not be able to forget all the time he gets his butt kicked during this movie <laughs> as he fights the villain, <laughs> which is, anyway... He's he's cool. It works. Hey, he's part of he's part of three people that participate in the demise of Darkseid. <laughs> it is true. In <laughs> <laughs> one of the sillier moments from this, a Steppenwolf. Oh, so sorry, sorry, sorry. So, I, yeah, I yeah, always get confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he actually, arguably, I know they gave the the kill kill to Wonder Woman, but 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 uh, still. Steppenwolf yeah. wasn't coming back from being stabbed through with that trident. And he probably wasn't going to come back from getting punched by Superman. Superman. <laughs> oh, man. Superman pummels. I think they should have had. You they should have what? added. As long as we're doing it, let's have. What's his face? Flash. Get a little f- flash <laughs> punch in there. And Batman can shoot him in the foot or something like that. <laughs> flash is the friendlier. Yeah. I think, I think they, gave, they gave the kill to the right people, yeah, I guess. I think- if, if you're going to enter into did. the spirit of the thing, yeah, uh, not that you necessarily should enter into the spirit of the thing, but if you're if you are, I think they maybe not in, within the the logic of the Zack Snyder verse. Yeah, you gave the kill to the right people. Yeah. So Ben, so anyway, back to your question. Let's y- see. I'm going to start from Snyder. I've only seen out of all Snyder films until this film, I'd only ever seen Man of Steel. Right. Which I I don't know. I didn't see it in theaters for whatever reason. I wasn't excited enough to watch it in theaters. Despite mm-hmm. all its visual coolness and yeah. the fun of getting to watch Superman punch a lot of people after getting to punch no one in Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I watched it on DVD. And so I was s- like... Do you have some sympathy for it then? I was like, this is kind of a fun movie. Also, it stinks. Mm-hmm. And it's dumb. <laughs> and the villain, the villain is a total fail. <laughs> and these action sequences may be visually amazing, but they're... It, well, especially the final one with Zod is dull. It goes on for a while. It does, and it just, it feels like there's no stakes, actually. So, I didn't have a high opinion. I never saw Batman v Superman. I just watched that Batman ninja scene 15 times on YouTube. Pretty great action scene, that. Was, that was pretty great. I, I didn't like Batman beating the crud out of Superman. Just felt... He didn't like the moment where he Batman uh, tore the toilet out of the stall and crashed it over Superman's head. <laughs> it all you thought feels, that was in poor taste? <laughs> it, it was in poor taste. It was mean-spirited. It was not very interesting. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I guess the final scene against 
whatchamacallit doomsday was pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool, pretty ambitious. Mm -hmm. Superhero action movies could learn a thing or two from that scene, I dare say. Uh, so that's that's all. That's it for Snyder. And so he just remains a peripheral guy with a visual style that can be irritating mm -hmm. and flashy and who's not very good at telling stories. So that's him. Uh, and then DC. Let's see. I like Batman. I've read a lot of Batman. You like Batman? I like Batman. And I haven't read much but DC besides Batman. Here, here and there, a couple Justice League things, a mm. couple of fun things. I think I've always been more of a Spider-Man guy, X-Men guy, other Marvel thing kind of guy so far as I've read comics, which hasn't been for some years now. But DC is not as interesting. And the DC movies, I guess I've seen them. Seen a lot of Batman movies. We all grew up with the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher and yeah. all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Watched, grew up watching Superman 2, mm -hmm. recorded from cable TV mm. on a home video over and over and over. Would that have been Lester or Donner? That was Lester. Yeah. So, so it was just the straight, the one that yeah. came to theaters. I've never seen the Donner cut. Mm -hmm. I've only seen, but that, you finally get to see Superman beat other superpowered Kryptonians. Yeah, that was state of the art signs in and, our yeah, childhood. It was. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. It's a terrible movie. It's yeah, I'm not sure how well it holds up, but it felt pretty cool back at the time. Kneel before Zod. So all that stuff, I think that's I think that's that's about it. By the way, as I always like to point out, everybody complained when Superman broke Zod's neck in Man of Steel. Superman kills the crap out of Zod <laughs> in Superman Two, but it, but it felt like weakens him more... and then throws him <laughs> down a it, pit. It, it, it no pity, like if, no pity, no it, mercy. But it felt like a more uh, what would you say elegant somehow. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like I've yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was I embrace like, depravity. Like just, he he kneels before, puts out his hand, hand, he crushes his hand, and then dun 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 dun. <laughs> throws him against the wall and down he goes into the abyss yep it was pretty great <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what scene is in poor taste and is very snyderian in that movie is when superman bothers once he's got his powers to go back and beat up the the redneck in the bar just so our audience yeah. can have a little schadenfreude i i hate that scene i think that's so anti-superman it's exactly yeah. like the stuff that everyone always complains about in the snyderverse why is Superman being so personally vindictive and stuff? Yeah. But the movie is so silly and in its way inconsequential that you don't really care that much. Yeah. Uh, Superman, Superman 2 is pretty gross, all things considered. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's Superman and Lois. And, but I guess that he shows that in common with the uh, Snyderverse too, right? Well, she had that pregnancy test in, in, in this particular did, version, yeah. which is... Snyder liked to, well, wanted to throw out as many sequel possibilities as he possibly could. The cynical. Did you see what he said in the interview about that? What did he, yes. he say? I did it not see this one. It was awful. His plan was for, he's got two or three, he had two or three sequels planned. Uh, in the end, Batman was going to have to sacrifice himself. And then Lois and Clark's son was going to take up the Batman mantle. Well, that that's not all that happens. <laughs> Batman and Lois become lovers for a little. And anyway, there's all this crap that he threw in. That was going to happen. Yeah. And it was like, this stinks. Yeah. Like, well, Snyder, um, not the most tasteful of gentlemen, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Sure. Uh, Jake, your history with Snyder, your history with DC. Uh, my history with Snyder is Man of Steel was my first Snyder movie I ever saw. I've never seen Watchmen. I've never seen 300. I'm not sure I knew that Dawn of the Dead was a Snyder joint until I just looked up on IMDb, his ouvoir to be sure that there wasn't something I'd 
scene didn't know about. Not a big Sucker Punch fan. Not a Sucker Punch <laughs> fan, never seen it. So, uh, Man of Steel was my first run at Snyder, and I hated that movie. I felt betrayed by it, because I have a deep love for Christopher Reeve's Superman. Mm-hmm. And it's personal, and I don't. It doesn't matter all the dark, dumb things that actually do happen in those movies. Spider Man's or Spider Man, Superman's the kind of guy who res- rescues the- cats from trees. So whether whether you like everything that they, I, I, there's so many things you can make fun of in those movies, but those movies do at the end of the day believe in Superman, right? Which Zack Snyder does doesn't. not believe yep. in Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they believe in Superman as somebody who embraces truth, justice in the American way, right? Yeah, uh, can't be here and dorky there and uh disturbingly dark once you think about it there but th- and that's that's the superman they present and cheeky like you right re- you rescued the girl's cat from the tree she's still gonna catch a beating for lying from right her parents. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know what that says but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, actually they they do that joke a couple times in those superman movies they really like that joke but yeah, those those movies are just fun, and they believe in Superman. And yeah, and, <laughs> and and Snyder didn't, and I hated him for it. To be fair, also, Christopher Nolan didn't. Christopher Nolan right. was an executive producer. He helped write the script for Man of Seal. He's produced all these things. He helped with the Snyder cut. Christopher Nolan, this was Christopher Nolan trying to do for Superman. What he did for Batman. What he did for Batman. Yep. And it's very much his take on the material. So yep. if you have Dark Knight and all that, you kind of have to reckon with well this is the same monster that you created creative genius doing this with superman well yeah clearly in his sequel plans they're all about they're all about superman giving into darkness and having to be brought back that's all that it is they just they they hate the idea of superman they just want to prove that if an alien like that actually lived among us and tried to be our savior he would hardcore fail and everything would be terrible and, and you'd always wonder if he was going to turn around and kill everyone. Right. And there'd be all these existential questions, right? They just, they cannot allow themselves to believe that it would be cool to have a space savior come. Yeah. If I can speak space about Space Moses. That. Well, that's what the... Yeah, exactly. The creators wouldn't have likened him to Jesus. They would have likened him to Moses. Right. Because they were a couple of Jewish boys. Yep. Yep. Space Moses is not somebody that they're excited about. No, Moses in general, and indeed Jesus is not somebody that they're excited about. They, yep. they, they just don't believe in heroes, except for of a specific sort, and we can talk about that. So that's your history with Snyder. Yeah. You love Superman. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice too. So, And that. I did talk you into watching the ultimate you cut of that. You talked me into buying the ultimate cut of that because it's the only way to watch it. Hey, and it's pretty good, though. It was, it, 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 was a, it was a vast improvement. It pretty good might be a strong term for what it is, but it is... It is a coherent. I was and glad to have movie. watched it. I didn't hate the version as much as the theatrical cut. Well, and it I actually it does things. a lot to actually address your Man of Steel concerns because in the director's cut of Batman v Superman, Superman actually is pretty likable and pretty. Really? Yeah, there's still a lot of Snyder gloom and doom, but Superman gets the chance to. There's a lot of Clark Kent investigating and trying to figure out who Batman is. Which means you just get a light sort of Clark Kent subplot, which is which really goes a long way towards making, as opposed to likable. I'll watch you bleed, Batman. You have that stuff too. Yeah, but (laughs) so yeah, that's my that's my Snyder history. And you're more of a Superman guy than a Batman guy. Yeah, although it's arguably both. I, I definitely am more, at least as a kid, a DC guy than a Marvel guy. I never watched 
Spider-Man stuff or uh, X-Men stuff. Never got into any of that. I was never into comic books. But I loved the campy Batman from the 60s. I was Robin for Halloween once as a kid. So I grew up with the Christopher Reeves Superman. My first movie drive-in experience was seeing the very first Batman. 1989 Tim Burton. 1989 Tim Burton Batman, Michael Keaton. So that's left an indelible mark on me. So, and then all those (laughs) other dumb movies. Yeah, and in in 1989, I was was five years old. Indelible mark of Batman. But yeah, that's the thing that, so I very much grew up with Batman and Superman and Marvel uh, heroes were dumb. But not uh, didn't grow up with them enough to, you know, have any comic books or anything like that. Batman the Animated Series, one of my favorite cartoon shows of all time. Yeah, no, that's great. So that that factors in too. Little after school indulgence, and yeah, but yeah, Superman, Superman tied just directly to dad and daddy issue type things for me. So I loved that jerks Superman Returns for no reason. It's a terrible movie. But uh, it's not that terrible, is it? It's pretty bad. I'd be interested to go back and relitigate I, that one one I, day. I liked it a lot. I haven't seen time. it since it came out. Yeah. I haven't wanted to see it again. It has a lot of things going for it. It was just the right movie at the right time to process a bunch of griefs of my childhood and my parents divorcing and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think if you go to Sound of mm-hmm. Sanity podcast, Mach 1, you can find some episode within the first 10 called Something Something Superman where you can hear us tell a lot of these stories more fully. Yeah. And talk about Superman as a symbol for fatherhood and what he's meant for us and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Apart from, so I was, I've always been really resistant to dorky comic book, anything. I didn't jump into the Marvel universe until the Avengers movie was going to be huge. And then I dipped my toes in after enough people told me to. I didn't watch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies until the second or third one had already come out. Like, I just slow to adopt anything like that. Uh, Tolkien verse, same story. Had friends. I just was slow to adopt any of that stuff. Suspicious of it. Thought it was dorky. Whatever. That was never true of Batman or, or uh, Superman, though. Batman or Superman are going to hit the theaters. I'm going to go see Superman Returns in theaters and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So. Which all just set me up for, you know, massive disappointment when Men of Steel came out. And mm-hmm. and I've seen, as far as the DCEU goes. Oh, yeah. I've seen it all except for Birds of Prey, if that counts. So, You've seen, seen both. Suicide Squad? I've seen Suicide Squad. Suicide I've Squad seen. was just a big zero. Nothing interesting. so bad. Yeah. yeah, I saw Suicide Squad. I saw... Both I've seen both Wonder Woman movies and Aquaman, <laughs> and it's, I've seen Aquaman. If there's two movies, then they're Wonder Woman movies. Mm, I've still it's interesting seen how the, the first plural Woman. But I'm a fan of that 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 way of pluralizing Wonder Woman. If you're talking about the series, it's the Wonder the Wonder Women's the Wonder Woman's the, the Wonder Woman series. Anyhow, so I don't know. That's baggage. I was prepared to thoroughly hate the Snyder cut, and you and, and I saw the Whedon cut together. Did we? Oh yes, I think let's with your, not with talk you, about that. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I never have. Uh, uh, yeah, I think with your long-suffering wife in tow, and because my girlfriend wasn't around at the time, I think she existed and was my girlfriend, but I think she maybe she wasn't in town. So, yeah, we had to sit through that thing, and yeah, it was lame. So, okay, 
my history with these characters. I always loved Batman. I read Batman comics. If there's any nerds out there, I was reading it around the time of the big DC event called the Cataclysm. I think it was called the Cataclysm where there was a big earthquake in uh-huh. uh, Gotham and multiple characters died and lives were rejiggered and they hit the reset button on some things. I think I gave up around that time, which would have been my 11th or 12th grade. And But I read Frank Miller. I read a lot of the famous runs of of Batman from the years. I also loved the Batman campy 1960s TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I, anything Batman was just, Batman was really, he's just he's always, cool. I still think he's cool. He's just always been cool. He is, he is my, my hero, my, my superhero, my, my myth that I love. And, and something that I, th- those Lego Batman movies and stuff, when they make fun of, I'm Batman, I'm dark, I'm ba-, all that stuff. I am the person, I am the fan that gets a little offended. Well, yeah, I, I deserve it because I suppose <laughs> because I am the garbage incel red pill jerk that whose daddy didn't love him, who just wanted to take revenge in the world and therefore resonated with a dark brooding millionaire in a cave, <laughs> you know, <laughs> plotting his <laughs> the doom and gloom of all the people that done him wrong. But there's a reason that these things are are our modern day primal sort of myths and there's a reason batman works and i don't think we have to interrogate it too much everybody loves batman on some level and it's not just about darkness and vengeance it is just about the toys the paraphernalia the iconography the 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 big light the in the the i am iron man of it all yeah some of it is just the millionaire of it the billionaire the millionaire of it the billionaire of it and the that the thing they say is actually Batman is the most powerful hero in the in the DC universe because given enough time, he can figure out how to beat anybody. Right. And I loved that specifically. I loved the fact that... He's a normal guy, except he's scary smart. Well, and this does play to schoolyard feelings, right? There's the person who, like Superman, has just been gifted with good looks and and muscles and there's the jocks that i hate but then there's somebody like me who i'd like to think if given enough time could plot the demise of the jocks plot their demise so batman does without them ever seeing it coming or knowing you were the one actually behind it all right Uh, so batman does play to that those feelings very well and i remember as early as i was aware of these able to self-examine on any level i remember being aware of the fact that i liked batman because he was human I liked him because he was smart and I liked him because he had to use his wits and he didn't just have superpowers. That was one of the things that made Batman the coolest hero. Superman is so unlimited in what he can do with his breath, with his eyes, with his x-ray vision. It's just like... It's pretty lame. It's Yeah, yeah there's just... <laughs> unless somebody gets a hold of Krypton or not Krypton, Kryptonite. Kryptonite. Um, he's invincible yeah which by the way another strike against superman that stupid kryptonite song in my high school oh would you still call me superman three doors down yeah yeah, yeah. i hated that song (laughs) see it accounted against superman (laughs) yeah because there's a dorky band called three doors down yep (laughs) yep i'm I'm jesse eisenberg's lex luther i (laughs) Hate Superman, not because of anything he's done, but just because of what he represents, Jake. So, yeah, I just 
Batman's my dude. I love Batman. And I liked those Tim Burton movies and I hated the Joel Schumacher movies and I appreciated the Christopher Nolan movies when they came out. I think I just fall in line with the Batman faithful. There's not a generic opinion that the internet has about Batman that I don't probably pretty much agree with. I'm just a big Batman guy. Other than that, never read any Superman, didn't care, never read any Marvel. Batman really was my, I think I read some of the snobbier stuff. I read Watchmen. I read oh, some yeah. of the things that were absolutely were known for being Alan Moore stuff, the, the higher end of comic book around the time that we had to start calling them graphic novels. Like, Alan Moore wrote one of the best Joker stories ever, The Killing Joke. Killing I Joke. Yeah, I read that. I read uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, things that I probably wouldn't recommend at this point. No way. But some of these things are things that have always sounded cool to me, but I've never bothered with any of them. The Killing Joke, All-Star Superman, a couple others that if you said them, I would... Well, I know I know that name. Well, I've thought about having us do them for the bookening before. For example, Watchmen, you could argue that it ranks as a great 80s novel, but it is just so explicitly sexual. That's the problem with a lot of Alan Moore's stuff, even The Killing Joke. If you don't want to put up with images, actual drawings of naked people, then you really can't read this stuff. So, Alan Moore is sophisticated and extremely perverted. Yeah. I, it's just so perverse. I, I don't know. So, I, yeah, I I remember really liking the Frank Miller sort of vibe, the, the Dark Knight. If people don't know, Frank Miller had, a, in the 80s, a really famous run on Daredevil, and then he did Batman, and he's kind of the person that's responsible for, in Batman a lot of ways. is all in black, he's super brooding, and... Yeah, for bringing the adult sensibility back, because that 60s show had really influenced the way that people thought about not just Batman, but comic books in general. And we've got to go on our next zany adventure, Robin. And Dopey, campy, yeah. bright colors. Frank Miller brought it into the, into the at the time, the 80s, the modern era with angst and brooding and, and violence. And that's who Burton's riffing off of. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Burton's just doing a lot of that stuff. But, but certainly Frank Miller's the person who kind of gave everyone else permission, like comic books are for adults now, which mm-hmm. really just means they're for brooding teenage boys that like <laughs> That's violence. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they're not actually for adults, <laughs> as I found out when I actually became an adult. Oh, this isn't very interesting. But it certainly feels interesting compared to the 60s Batman show, the idea of Batman. So Frank Miller is kind of an important person to know if you care about this stuff, I guess, because Zack Snyder's specifically riffing on a lot of those. A lot of the iconography, the suit with the green eyes from the anti-Superman suit, that's just a that he f- uses in Batman v Superman. That is just a Frank Miller drawing <laughs> come to life. In which fact, is pretty cool. Which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Frank Miller was a great artist and also a weird misogynist and... Just, all kinds of things i'm surprised he hasn't been canceled and maybe for all i know he has been he also did 300 which zach snyder famously and he did adapted. sin city and he did some city disgusting. which and all of it is just women are stupid except for when they're giving themselves freely to you for sex and punching the crap out of people who are weaker than you is is awesome and if you can be brooding about how you it makes you feel alive when you hear the crunch of bones and you can have a little narration bubbles where you say things like that, then so much the better. So it's pretty, 
<laughs> adolescent and pretty inane in retrospect. But boy, did it seem cool when I was 12, when I was an adolescent. Dark Knight Returns is a really fun action comic. It's, yeah, is what it is. And that's the one where he beats, he beats Superman and... That's right. It's high time, Clark. Someone taught you what it meant to be a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he beats the crap out of Superman <laughs> yeah. for his own good. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, I want you to remember that I'm the one who beat you. I want you to remember it was me. It is. It's just what Lego Batman, <laughs> Lego Batman staccato delivery. It's just, that's how Frank Miller writes, except for without oh, the benefit of any sort of parody or it's, self-knowledge. It's really retarded. <laughs> it is. But it was really fun. <laughs> uh, so that's my history with Batman and with comic books in general. I also read a lot of Tintin, I guess that tells you something. But I have i guess for whatever stupid reason seen a lot of Zack snyder's work without ever enjoying any of it i think i was just probably enough of a movie guy back in the early 2000s when snyder hit the scene that i was just seeing everything that was making a splash and so i saw that dawn of the dead which is pretty zombie disgusting but very cleverly done uh hated 300 i really despised that movie i was excited for it i thought uh, yeah didn't see it but it is it is just everything that nathan despises it's it's humorless it's so self-satisfied and self-serious which is frank miller which is frank miller it's accurate and but (laughs) it's also gladiator was a laugh fest compared to (laughs) 300 i mean 300 just thinks that 300 is so cool and it's basically the same thing that is going to dog Snyder through what we're about to talk about. I don't know why I liked it. I think I was able to maybe add my own element of of parody or of irony or something to this viewing of Justice League Snyder cut that just I was just able to embrace it as a camp masterpiece or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. If you come to it with absolutely zero expectations that it's going to be anything good, mm-hmm. then it's it, kind of awesome. It's kind of, it's just kind of awesome. Right. Get yourself a nice glass of whiskey or a glass of wine mm-hmm. and. Really a brewski, I think. <laughs> no, it, it is kind of awesome. No, it requires something stronger. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a shot of Evan Williams or something. You don't want your nice whiskey for this. Well, it more than any other Make comic a boiler book movie, maker if you need to. Yeah. I can think of it paints like all the pictures that you see. When you open a crazy, wacky Justice League thing, there's all these colors and scenes and everything from space to underwater, mm. every color you can imagine, everyone wearing every costume that you can imagine, all the laser beams going. You can... Snyder's like, yeah, I'm going to put all that in the movie. In that sense, it's the closest thing to The Mandalorian that I've seen. Hmm. Where it's like, in, we're in just comic... going to do the highlights of Star Wars. Like... Yeah. Mm. yeah, we're, yeah. we're doing only the cool things about We're not adapting the stories. We're adapting right. the iconography. Exactly. That's right. And yeah. so this movie is just mm. like, we're just going to do a bunch of cool stuff it, it, over it, and it, over and over again. In that respect, visually, it's anti-Nolan. Right. Oh, yeah. And I hate Nolan's visual sense, and I love Snyder. Well, let me just finish talking about Snyder real quick, and then we can just get into this, because we're, we're ready, we're ready, ready <laughs> and we're raring to go. So I'm trying to remember if I've actually liked a Snyder movie. Oh, Yeah. I actually really liked Man of Steel. I thought it had some dumb stuff, like the whole the whole Kevin Costner plot just didn't That's even make so any bad. sense. Son, I want you to 
hide yourself and I'm willing to die for our family's dog. A, I'm willing to die for our family's dog. And B, a, I'm a farmer from Kansas and I'm willing to die for our family's dog. Yeah, because I, for some reason, this farmer from Kansas has the same values as a cheap Hollywood socialite like Deborah Snyder. I'm going to blame it on her, Zach's yeah. wife. I have no mm-hmm. idea whether that's fair, but I'm going to say it was a woman that came up with that idea. Yeah, and then the fact that Kevin Costner is like, you get to choose who you could. Here's like some sub Anne Rindian, almost sounds like Brad Bird's Incredibles crap philosophy about choosing what you get to be. It just doesn't make any sense. Nothing about Kevin Costner's philosophy in that movie makes sense. But I love the spectacle of that movie. I love the, I, I actually, if you can just divorce, and Jake couldn't do this and I don't blame him for it, but if you can divorce yourself, if you can say this isn't a Superman movie, it's just a movie about a mixed up alien that came to earth and, <laughs> and has to try and do his best. And he's dog. He's but- got real daddy issues. And the S stands for hope. Yeah. And the S stands for hope. Okay. A lot of stupid <laughs> stuff. Anytime where it tries to mix That's Snyder's version S. of the S stands for Snyder. <laughs> Actually, anytime it tries to double back and be like, I'm just a Superman movie. It's dumb. But as a, mm, this is what it's would all it- Warner's fault. Yeah, I know. But, Yes, Zach has made the case. In the places, in the places where if you don't like it, it's because it's Warner Brothers. No, it's because it's Zack Snyder. I think he had free reign on that (laughs) one, but because he hadn't yet lost the the confidence with Batman versus Superman. But in the places like that whole last scene, I kind of love it because the Avengers movies are ultimately so bloodless and so collateral damaged. Just having some dork like Zack Snyder be like. Okay, what would it be like if two super beings went at it? It would level Manhattan or Cosmopolis or whatever. Metropolis. Metropolis. Like, there's there's nothing. Now, Superman as a moral character, should he have taken that fight to the moon? Yeah, of course he should. I hate the fact that Superman doesn't care more. Yeah. But I love the idea of collateral damage. The only fix that that movie needs is it needs Superman to be trying to prevent that's the damage. That's all that needs to happen. That's all he needed to do. I And that is what Marvel gets right. And the, Whedon turned around and mocked the crap out of that in Age of Ultron, yeah. like within six months or a year of that, right? Like, yeah, that movie like, has so much. It has tons of collateral damage in it. And yet, all that matters is that Cap and everybody are like, we care about every single person on this rock. And it might have to be incinerated. Well, we're not leaving all and letting all these people die who says we were leaving if they die we die that's not the that's not a question in that movie they talk about that they talk about that they deal they, with they, they, but they also say lines of dialogue which at length which i think are just direct jabs at a hundred percent a hundred percent jabs yeah. at, that made me feel at the time I, validated i didn't care that it was a hack jab at man of steel because I was still aggressive towards it. No, I think that's fair. But to to do Snyder a little bit of credit, he does actually he I don't I would not rank self-awareness as high on the list of Zack Snyder's virtues, but I think he has enough commercial awareness at least. I would rank that very high on his list of virtues that he knows how to self-correct a little bit. So Batman versus Superman deals with the issue not in a particularly good way but it does try to deal with the issue of the collateral damage with that being batman's whole motivation and the quite good scene at the beginning where yeah uh, the the best scene in the movie movie, where bruce wayne is just in his duds dressed as bruce wayne and just devastated by 
the damage that he's everybody's running away he's running in yeah and he shoots it from low down on the ground it feels like 9-11 that's the iconography yeah. of it and it's great it, it, it's really powerful stuff uh, some of the most and he's scared and angry mm-hmm Zack Snyder doesn't bother giving Super Batman any more motivation than that, which is one of the things that feels weird about the movie, but it also kind of works. Like, hmm. oh, this guy leveled a city. Like, it's... Yeah, it's, th- these are the people that I have spent my life trying to love and protect. And all of a sudden, this alien, these aliens show up and massacres half, half, half of my city. Mm-hmm. Like, I've put my life, my money, mm-hmm. my everything on the line to protect these people. Yep. And, and it's not just my city, it's my own employees. Well, and what that movie got right about Batman, and then something that I genuinely responded to hmm. as a kid about Batman is, especially in the animated series, which I loved and watched also, one of the attributes of Batman is that he is a patriarch. He is a city father as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. He is always, I think in the best versions, he's and in the versions that I really latched onto as a kid, he's always portrayed as more close to being 40, less close to being... That's 20. Right. And he's older than you see yourself. If you're going to imagine yourself at all, you're going to imagine yourself in the Robin role or, you know, they have to give him sidekicks and stuff because we're not Batman. And that's one of the crucial distinctions that people make between Marvel and DC. And I think it's true. And I think Zack Snyder does in his weird, stupid way understand this. DC is about heroes who are better than us, who are other than us, who are bigger than us, who are above us marvel is always their whole trick is they're just like us superman's <laughs> just a wise cracking or spider-man's Spider-Man. just a yeah. wise cracking kid from yep. the bronx or brooklyn or manhattan or wherever mm-hmm. he comes from and iron man is he's he's got all the same problems that is stan lee's big con- contribution to the genre mm-hmm. is they're they've got the same problems that in the same spats and the same weaknesses and that's but they feel a burden of responsibility because they have such great power right and so when Cap and Tony are feuding, it, that's the kind of fight that you have with your brother and we all get it. And, and it's wonderful. I like that about Marvel. I don't think Marvel should change that. But... No, stay leaning into it. It's sweet. And... Yeah, you, you, that's what you want from a Marvel thing. But what you want from a DC is... DC thing is, oh, I could never be Batman. I'm not Superman. These guys are mm. Greek gods that walk among us. And yeah. they are bigger than us. They're better than us. They are... They're not peers. They are fathers or mothers to us. And that is something that Zack Snyder in his perverse Snyderian yeah. way e- even Even does when you get. get to some of the, okay, Cap or Hulk, you could never be the Hulk. But you, well, I don't know. You could get bitten by a radioactive spider or exposed to gamma radiation, but you could never be an alien born on Krypton. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And the things that you could argue, well- You're all you- not from an ancient tribe of goddesses. And somehow Batman, yeah. just through, through the synthesis of everything that get, makes him Batman, his money, his trauma, his, mm-hmm. like, you need all those things everything. to combine to create this unique individual. Yeah, your parents didn't leave you a massive inheritance when they were murdered. Right. <laughs> exactly. Marvel's just always leaning into what's the human angle on this? How would a real person respond? And DC just doesn't care. And I think that's how it should be. And I think that's. That's the distinction between the two companies and I the two points. I think you should two. split the difference. Like, it's not, it's, why, why do we fall, Bruce? Why do we fall? <laughs> it's what we Bruce do that just defines like, us. Yeah, it's, Bruce is just like you and me. It's what we do that defines us, Nathan. Well, Nolan does his best, but <laughs> and I, 
obviously you need Batman to be your hero and you need some angle on him and you need some sympathy for him. You do. Well, and it's, that the, it's the really angle work. that you took on Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, bro, when you, you give your context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. But I did always like the fact that Batman could be seen as above, as a protector, yeah. as a father figure, as yeah, a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I like Nolan trying, actually. I don't think he succeeded, but I do. I don't mind him trying that. Another Batman figure that I like is Michael Keaton, who seems completely broken and neurotic. Mm -hmm. And he's intentionally played as a weirdo by Tim Burton, who is a weirdo. But also the figure of Batman in those two movies is completely other. Batman's probably in Batman Returns for 20 minutes or something like that. Like the movie (laughs) is famously not really about batman as a person it's about batman as a symbol batman as an icon batman as uh-huh. f- a force uh-huh. and the best batman stories often are like that even something like dark knight it's more about what did the symbol of batman create in this society and how do people respond to it and how does it bring the joker out and what do you do about it and at the end that is what i think nolan was going for with that dopey speech that jim gordon gives like Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who Bruce Wayne is. It's it's about who Batman is. What Batman is, more accurately speaking. So, anyway, I guess that's the end of my baggage. Is that where we are? <laughs> oh, I was saying I, I liked Man of Steel as far as it went. Didn't think it was a good Superman movie. Thought it was an interesting movie. Batman versus Superman was a big, boring mess. Yeah, it was terrible. But I did enjoy Martha. Martha that's so stupid. But I, <laughs> it did turn into fun camp at the end. I was laughing by the time that when Batman was getting a toilet and bashing it over Superman's head. <laughs> this is so thoroughly tasteless and mean spirited. That, okay, I can enjoy this. <laughs> you hack, Zach. More like Hack Snyder. <laughs> I was too disgusted by it. It's like, why, why are you going to do that? Oh, okay. Like, you're I'm sorry. Telling me you're, this is so serious, and then you're going to do something that. This like is the, so the, mean the the, the weird yeah the weird admixture of meanness and petty and camp and and visual splendor yeah it's like it's, it's self importance like all of it is just like and the story didn't make any sense and there wasn't but lo and behold you watch the director's cut and it does make more sense and it does work much better and there's some really bad takes but at least they're consistent like his version of Lex Luthor I hate. I think Eisenberg was completely capable of giving a great performance as Luthor, but the way that... Isn't he supposed to be like Lex Luthor Jr. or something? He should be because that's... I think he actually is like... I think... Should I should I look this up real quick? If that feels like a fan... <laughs> a headcanon thing for fans that helps them be okay with this crappy rendition of Luthor. You may be right, but... Hey, that is one thing that your bre- your boy's Brian Singer got right. He's got the best Kevin Spacey, another canceled individual, is the best Lex Luthor that I think cinema has given us. Wait, I mean, who is? Kevin Spacey. Oh, and, yeah. Kevin Spacey yeah. was great. He's perfect. He was born for that role. Yeah. Gene Hackman great. cashed a paycheck and those old, he's fun, but their conception of Lex Luthor isn't that great in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, in my humble opinion. Kevin Spacey comes the closest to actually being scary and intellectual and all the things that you want from Lex Luthor. What did you got, got Jake? Whatever I remember reading or seeing appears to be garbage and probably some loser's headcanon to make sense of it. You can understand why some loser would have that headcanon because yep. that, that Lex Luthor sucks. That being said, he's a pretty 
he's, he's it a seems co- to come from the fact that, oh no. So, okay. It is true that he is Lex Luthor Jr. In that his father is the founder of LexCorp and he inherited it. And they had a shared obsession of Kryptonian, Kryptonium, the two of them. So I don't know, I don't know how that relates, but maybe they, maybe that was always Luther's canon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, I love Lex Luthor as a villain. He's always been a fun villain, but I don't know that the movies have generally done him justice. And certainly Zack Snyder's Justice League or uh, Batman v Superman does him no justice. He's a terrible character in that. But in the director's cut, at least he's a consistently, his plot makes sense and a lot of things make sense. And Superman is a nicer guy and a little bit more of a savior. And it all makes sense and is okay. Yeah, so that was the only thread I was pulling on. My ultimate point, though, was that Zack Snyder knows how to, actually does have some commercial ability to self-correct. And you can see in Zack Snyder's Justice League, in the scenes that were already shot before he went back, he was going for a lighter tone, more humor, more hero moments. Barry Allen actually gets, we didn't cut this out, but Barry Allen actually gets to save a girl in a crash and Superman and, you know, Wonder Woman has the dumb, misconceived, but still an attempt at a human kind of <laughs> save moment. Can I be like you? <laughs> and murder the crap out of <laughs> You can be whatever you want to be. But okay, bad moment, not not tasteful. But you can see Snyder was trying to listen to people who didn't want everything to be as grim, dark, and stupid. So, so <laughs> yeah, I actually... so. This is all leading to my argument, which is that I think Justice League is actually Zack Snyder correcting some of the faults of the first two, his first two attempts, and coming up with a consistent and somewhat more appealing version of the same old Zack Snyder stuff. It's not somewhat more appealing. It's the most appealing thing I've ever seen. Just period. Like, more than your wife. Yeah, that's uh, what I meant. More than... I definitely didn't mean from Zack Snyder specifically. <laughs> you just meant. I meant just in general. Just, just, this is the. You should really give a little more. If context. I could marry it. <laughs> you could be. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry, Amanda. No, you. That was a joke, folks. You meant the most appealing <laughs> thing from Zack Snyder. I, I have had, until I watched the Snyder cut of Justice League, I've had zero desire to go back and watch Man of Steel or Batman v Superman or anything else. Once has always been enough for everything in this DCEU until the Snyder cut. And I am, I'm pretty tempted to go back and watch Man of Steel and Batman V Superman and the Snyder cut all again. (laughs) You would have to watch the Snyder cut of Batman V Superman. Yes, I would. But remember I bought it. So it's too bad. There's not a Whedon cut of Man of or Steel because then, then you'd have three good movies. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let me give just a tiny bit of context about Zack Snyder before we really get going, because I think it's kind of interesting. And you guys might actually be able to help me if there's something I want to figure out about him. So Zack Snyder is a guy who went to California movie schools, same one that Michael Bay went to, whatever it's called. He's just a guy who came of age and moved to Pasadena to become a filmmaker and then directed commercials, Budweiser commercials and things through the 90s. 
and developed his visual style and then got his big break with his Dawn of the Dead remake and has been doing his Zack Snyder thing ever since. He definitely, like Michael Bay, some of these guys seems to live the aesthetic of that he believes in. You see him and he's like, he's always dressed like Bruce Wayne is in this movie with the the really classy, I don't know what the brand is, but he's got the colorful vest and the $200 shirt. And that's his look usually is jacketless, but a, a vest and a button down shirt and $300 pair of pants. and But, but not Tony Stark colorful, like no, dark, right? No, but there's dark purples and some, about about what I think you see Bruce wear in a couple scenes. Sleeves rolled up, showing his tats. Yeah, sleeves rolled up, showing his tats. Uh, Zack Snyder famously, for 300, had Gerard Butler and all those guys do the low carb. He wanted them to have the best bodies of all time for this comic book thing. And so he did the regimen with them because... Yeah, and he trains famously. One of the legends of Snyder is that he, when the MMA guys are on set, he does the stuff with whoever, and that's not just 300, that's everything else. He does Mm. the workouts with the people and the stuff. Yeah, you watch him, he's a bro. He's a dude. He might be a dude bro, one might even say. He's also a wonder, he and his wife, Deborah Snyder, his producing partner and wife, they're a wonderful set of producer type people in that spiels about how wonderful it was working with- People like to work for them or like to talk about how they like working or with them. And they're just really good sales people. You can imagine being in a pitch meeting with, if Zack Snyder came in to sell you his version of Man of Steel, he'd have a pitch and it would be dynamic and he'd tell you why this was going to change the industry and Hmm. why- We're going to do 300 and we're going to do it all green screen and it's going to be CGI and it's going to be the next logical. You can just imagine him giving that pitch and it being really compelling. Here's the question I want to explore very briefly with you guys, because I don't know a lot about Christian science, but Zack Snyder comes from parents (laughs) who were Christian scientists. Christian scientists. I know that they believe in sin and disease or illusions and we conquer these through through like the power of our thought or something like this is my stereotype of Christian science at least. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering what it is about, because Zack Snyder himself says that Christian science influenced his, what he actually says is that uh, Christian science combined with Star Wars and specifically Star Wars as filtered through Christian science Hmm. influenced a lot of his sense of the numinous of the, of the spiritual realm of, of what our bodies are, what our matter is. He says, because I was a Christian scientist, when I saw Star Wars, I was ready to feel that movie almost as sacred. Well, I think, it, so in Christian science, God is more like an energy force or just absolute reality, but not personal. So that's sort of like the Star Wars force. And then you have the idea that diseases an illusion caused by evil thoughts and you should correct those evil thoughts by having right thoughts, and that will cure disease. Now, you call it prayer, but it's really just about the power of the mind over the body. You actually, That's I'm right. remembering something. You don't actually talk to God in prayer, right? Don't you, you basically have a conversation with yourself or, or something like that? Or, I mean, I may not be getting that perfectly correct, but. I don't know. It's very much just about, at the end of the day, it's very much about power of mind over body, I think. Yeah. And so. Yeah. So, I don't know entirely what that has to do with 
Snyder has the exact same thing that all these comic book metaphysics have, which is, oh, these mother boxes are a form of computing. So advanced, it's like sorcery. And <laughs> I am it, so tired of that cliche it, from the so, Marvels. It's, yeah. it's so irritating. Mm-hmm. So everything really is, I don't know, everything is just material and everything's a matter of mind over matter. Mm-hmm. There's nothing spiritual really to get to. There's just a matter of mastering reality. Does that help? Is that related? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have like a thesis yeah. statement about I don't know. Snyder's Christian science. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I'm just trying to put it together. If I had to guess, if it, without doing any research, I just assumed that Zack Snyder was a big fan of Ayn Rand because that whole sort of Brad Bird did the cute version in Incredibles. Mm-hmm. If you're exceptional, then you should be exceptional as opposed to... Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at his IMDb page, he's got the Fountainhead as his next project. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, well there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to see the connection there. Mm-hmm. Only he's like, he's less altruistic than the Incredibles are. Because if you really are better than a certain amount of horrific collateral, collateral damage is to be expected in any encounter. And how can people really complain? <laughs> you would have done the same, Wanda. Yeah, I guess it is that. Or Monica. But you know what? I, know, yeah. I, I actually, in this particular movie, like in Man of Steel, it just feels like a miscalculation. It feels like Snyder doesn't know how grotesque it is for Superman to be knocking down these buildings. In this movie, it feels like Zack Snyder knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows exactly how far to push the envelope, and he knows exactly how grotesque he wants it to be. So he wants you to feel a little bit, just a little bit shocked by the bloodstains that Wonder Woman leaves in her wake when she's creaming those guys. He wants you to feel, oh, she could have disarmed that guy, but instead she blew up half of this historic London building and, <laughs> and, maybe, and maybe blew up that guy too. I don't know. We leave that ambiguous, but. It didn't feel that ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> His hat's going to come floating down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> After the half the wall is gone. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's interesting. I don't know what that has to do with Christian science. Yeah, probably nothing with, to do with Christian science. Just to do with Zack Snyder, who loves that. One of the moments from, the, from 300, which Frank Miller wrote, but which I think is the kind of thing Zack Snyder resonates with, there's the crippled guy, the, the hunchback, and he wants to be on the 300 team. And in normal movie logic, this guy would be the Rudy character. But in Zack Snyder world and in Frank Miller world, this guy is thoroughly rejected, told he, he should have been thrown into the pit in when he was a kid. Like, Childhood. He has, he has nothing to add to Sparta because his body is broken. And then the guy goes and betrays them to Xerxes. And he's just the villain. Of, he just becomes one of the villains of the piece. Because mm-hmm. we're not trying to sympathize with some crippled guy that can't be as cool as Leonidas. The fates gave Leonidas... His awesome 300 power. They didn't choose this guy. This guy's a chump. He just needs to get, get out of the way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Zack Snyder loves that idea. And I don't know whether he loves it because he thinks he's special. I guess everybody who loves that Absolutely, idea. Absolutely. He thinks he's special. Right. Mm-hmm. Self-actualization. But so. also he just loves to make people force, force feed them the bitter pill of reality. Yeah, he loves it a bit. Actually, when it comes down to it, only the strong survive. And actually, when it comes down to it, it's pretty romantic and stupid to think that this guy would have anything 
to add in this final battle. Yeah. Well, he even does it to the extent that I think Whedon gives Batman a few more things to do in the final battle, but Zack Snyder is not that interested. Like once, once the gods really start beating the crap out of each other, Batman's going to struggle and maybe take out a parademon or two while everybody else has to fight. Yeah, we give Batman enough to do. We don't short sell Batman, but there's no way that Batman's being part of the final blow to Steppenwolf. Like Mm -hmm. that's just not who Batman is. He's not that cool. There's only one person that's that's that cool and it's Wonder Woman. Can I just say, as, as someone who's gone on the record as who hates feminism and hates feminist action scenes in particular, Snyder does understand how to make the character and particularly the athleticism of Wonder Woman actually really work yeah. on screen in a way that Patty Jenkins has no clue. Mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins stages so many things where you're just like, oh yeah, Gal Gadot has no upper body strength. She couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder. <laughs> nope. It never matters. Yeah, no, he's better at it than Joss Whedon too. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 the best in the business. The Wonder Woman stuff in Batman v Superman is great too. He he knows how to make that character's give her a fighting style that works, works and makes sense. Yeah, which is basically to just have her zip around real fast and use a sword and use a and sword a shield and a shield. She has <laughs> weapons; other people don't. Yep, and she zips and body slams, and then we speed ramp a little bit, which I think. I haven't done my research, but I feel like Zack Snyder introduced the annoying cliche of speed ramping to modern cinema. I can't think of a lot of movies that did it before 300, which by speed ramping, if you don't understand what I'm saying, folks, I just mean where something's in super slow motion and then it goes in fast motion and then it goes in slow motion again, all Mm -hmm. in the same shot, as opposed to doing it with a cut. Feels like Sam Raimi may have done that. Or Guy Ritchie. Maybe. Yeah, it's very Guy Ritchie. It is very Guy yeah. Ritchie. They they all kind of had the idea around the same time, like a bunch of early 2000s movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spider-Man, it makes a lot of sense to do that sort of thing because he's got his spider senses. You got to show the, I don't know, I guess it's sort of Matrix-y too. But, sure. Yeah. But yeah, stylistic, making it a point of style is more of a Guy Ritchie, Zack Snyder thing. Yeah. Then making it a function of simply showing you. Mm-hmm. Giving you a sense of what it would be like to be Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah. Well, guys, we haven't actually said that much about the movie or what we thought about it. I think people kind of probably are beginning to get an impressionistic, like the photograph hasn't quite come into focus yet, maybe, but they're getting the picture, maybe, of what we thought of it. But do we recommend it? Or do we not? Folks, I'm just going to be honest. We're out of time today. We don't have another three hours to litigate everything that's important about this movie. We've got things to do. Jake's got kids. Uh, Ben's got a wife. I've got a wife. And I like the two hour plus episodes of Sanity at the Movies as much as anybody. My goal is always to for the episodes to go longer than the movie. But we're going to have to do this one in chunks. So this was part one. This was Don't Count On It, Solzer. Next time, it'll be part two, The Age of Heroes or <laughs> something like that. The Age of Sanity. The Age of Sanity. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll get part three, and then we'll have some portentous title. All right. What's one other observation we can give people about this movie? <laughs> A minor observation to leave them with, to leave them hungry for more. 
a scene that you liked, a moment that you thought was dopey, some, I'll say mine to start. I thought some of the song choices were hilariously on the nose, especially the one where Lois Lane was putting some flowers on Superman's grave and there was some hipster indie song that was like, the God, he told us he would be alive, but now he's dead. <laughs> it is really sad. <laughs> and there was more than one song like that. Where Oh, yeah, there was. There was a God song about Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the scene where Aquaman walked in slow motion into uh, the <laughs> waves it was awesome. All right, that's my random observation. Ben, I need a random observation. You need one, huh? Yeah, I can't. We can't end this episode without an, a random observation about this movie. I liked the dad stuff with Cyborg. It played. That actor made it work. The old guy or yeah, the, the old Cyborg? Guy. Yeah, yeah, he made it work. I thought it was um, a good way for Zack Snyder to do that. Without tri- he didn't bite off more than he could chew. Like no. Zack Snyder couldn't actually do that story, so they found a nice. Uh, they found a nice way to draw around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a way that I was like, okay, that's credible enough. Yeah, and there's some emotion when he sacrifices himself. Yeah, just oh. enough. Yep. There you go. All right, Jake. Observation. Yeah, I like the way that they color in around both Cyborg and Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know. I like J.K. Simmons showing up everywhere in yeah. every possible <laughs> multiverse movie. Yep. <laughs> I, it, it, my headcanon is J.K. Simmons is like a watcher or something in both the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Extended Universe. And so he's going to be Commissioner Gordon over here. And I, like, I love that. J. Jonah Jameson over there. And let's get the man a roll in Star Wars. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He should be on that Jedi Council or something. It's <laughs> a pretty cool Commissioner Gordon. He was. I wasn't quite able. He's the one that most looks like he's playing dress up of everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I even that I liked. <laughs> it felt like I was in on the joke that J.K. Simmons <laughs> is making a cameo right. here. But it did feel like, like a joke. Like, not, it wasn't like there's it's Commissioner Gordon. It's not like he's Jordan. cast as Commissioner Gordon. No, it's no just, he's making a cameo There's J.K. As Simmons <laughs> in a hat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is simply, a funny idea. Here's a fun person to throw at this. He simply looks like J. Jonah Jameson, though. He always has. He yeah, looks like he, was, he walked out of the comic He was book. born to play J. Oh, J. Yeah. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yeah. No, that guy's great. That and do Liberty Mutual commercials or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Those two. <laughs> he is fan. He is fantastic in that uh, that Whiplash movie, which I've not seen it. It's worth seeing. It's huh. it's quite something. Uh, all right, there you go, folks. I'm sorry we don't have another hour or two's worth of observations for you today, but we'll have them. Oh boy. Oh boy, will we have them? So we'll be back. And oh, let's do our patron award of awesomeness. I don't want to forget about this, Ben. Why is it that Keith? Is so amazing. What what is it that makes him an exceptional being better than most of us? I think it's his mastery of Keith's. What did you say? Keith's. Of Keith's? Yeah. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. I just had trouble understanding Jake. The fact that Keith has mastered all other Keith's. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's the master of Keith's. Well, in fact, the we Keith don't... master. There you go. Well, I wasn't gonna say it. Sort of like calling out bruce wayne but sort of except keith (laughs) right yeah there's a big difference jake (laughs) come on one of them's bruce wayne (laughs) 
Just when I think you understand, Jake. <laughs> oh, guys, we haven't even talked about Jared Leto. There's so much more to talk about about this movie. All right. Well, there is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back. Hey, Keith, thank you for being a great patron. You are the Keith master. You're the master of Keiths. If you were anyone in this movie. Do you be the Joker? Yeah. Or Aquaman. <laughs> Depends on what, what, what side of the bed you woke up on. You pick. Yeah. <laughs> Dark side. Yeah. All right. I keep thinking of more things I want to say about this movie, but we can't. They had us to wait. All right. We're drawing this one out, folks. Bye. 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 Oh, until next time. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Martha. Martha. <laughs>